0: I have a testimony for you today, and it's amazing that at the end of our first service, a man who's 96 years old, never been to this church, called a man who faithfully attends this church and says, look, I have got to be in church this Sunday. I need to accept Jesus as my Savior. And so this morning, when I gave the altar call, over here is a man 96, over here was a young man about nine, both accepting Jesus Christ. As their personal Savior. This is an amazing work of God. Talk to you about the note Mark gave me about it, Mike gave me about his salvation and Paul leading him to the Lord, and now through Paul's journey, rededicated to the Lord, back involved, connected to the family of God. I don't know where you are in your journey today. I want to tell you there's grace available to you. I want you to know there is a God who loves you. And by the end of this service, you're going to know his arms aren't closed to you. His finger isn't pointing at you saying, why'd you do that? His arms of love are wide open, ready to welcome you back home. There's so much that's changing. There's so much that needs to change. But change is never hard. I mean, never easy. We live in a world that's constantly changing. So a good question is, what do you do? What do you do in a world that's always changing? Well, out of the grace of God, we can boast of a Lord who never changes. Jobs change. Health changes. Family as we know them changes. Church methods and strategies change. Nothing stays the same. You you get a boss that you like, but then that boss will someday retire or go work for someone else. You like your neighbors, but then they get get moved to another city. Uh, Just look at your own body things change uh yes they do and i know there's a lot of infomercials out there about what they can do about it but just let me tell you change happens and some of it's irreversible uh change is just such a part of this culture in which we live and i think to deal with change to to manage it wisely is to fix our heart on that which never changes our god never changes I want that to find a very special place, not in your thinking, but in your soul. I know I'm not saying something you don't know. But if I'm saying something that's for us right here, right now, it'll find a place in your heart. And it'll become life to you. With everything changing around you, just look up because your God never changes. Let's talk about some of those things today. It is the character of God that never changes changes that's really good news you'll never find God in a different mood or a bad mood he is a good God he is a great God and he's always the same I think it'd be appropriate if we just like vocalize scripture and and just turn the word of God loose in this place by just passionately proclaiming it together as a church I don't do this very often don't know that I've ever done it ...throughout a whole sermon, but I feel this today. So in the book of James, look at this verse with me. It comes from chapter 1. Would you read this? Read it with passion. Here we go. Let's say it together. Every good and every perfect gift is from above... ...and comes down from the Father of lights... ...with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. No variation. Not even a shadow of turning. Not the slightest or even significant measure... Things change, people change, the world changes, but God never changes. He is the same. One man I, I was remembering these mood rings. Anybody remember the mood rings they used to sell? And it would like change colors according to the mood you were in. So I Googled that and just see what was going on. And this lady's husband had gotten her a mood ring, which is not a good idea. And and she went on to say, every time she was in a good mood, it turned green. And every time she was in a bad mood, it left a big red mark on his forehead. So, you know, people, as you went on to write, maybe next time he'll get me a diamond. Nothing stays the same. Information changes. Organizations change. Communities change. But God never changes. Rest in that the hand in the arm of God that is extended toward us that never, ever changes. It, it, he doesn't even vary in his essence. That means he's faithful. Here's a great verse from Hebrews. I want it to come on the screen. We need to proclaim this. Would you say it with me? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Tomorrow is a word for eternity. He never Changes. That means he's faithful. Read scripture. He was faithful to Abraham, faithful to Daniel, faithful to Esther, Ruth, and David, faithful to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, faithful to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, faithful to Paul, and he will be faithful to you. God never fails. He's never failed one person. He's not going to start with you. I know circumstances happen that we don't understand, but God remains the same. He never changes. Let me give you a strong word. This is from Malachi. This is powerful. Let's put it on the screen. Say it with me. I am the Lord and I do not change. Just stop right there. I am the Lord and I do not change. I'm talking to somebody and you're wondering about your job. It's not what it used to be. Relationships aren't what they used to be. Times aren't like they used to be. I want to give you some assurance that when everything else is uncertain, you go to that which is certain. When everything else is unpredictable, you go to that which is faithful. Our God never changes. Secondly, Jesus is the hope of the world, and that never changes. He is our hope today. I want to talk about this hope, fixing our eyes on Him as the anchor. Rather than being stressed out by present circumstance. Here's what we read. This is Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. Say it with me. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Hope is an anchor. That's speaking of Jesus Christ. And when your heart is settled in the fact that God never changes, Your worship changes. You enter into a a special place. You discover Psalm 91 in the secret place of the Most High God, I will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's something about the heart that has its hope fixed in Jesus Christ. Politics and politicians, they come and they go. We like some, we don't like others. Some administrations do things we like, others do things we don't like. Again, it's forever changing. Economy is up one day, down the next, so uncertain. All of these things that change around us. And if we aren't careful, our hope will be fixed to a circumstance. The good news today is your hope is fixed to Jesus Christ, not to a circumstance, not to how you're doing physically, not to how you're doing financially how you're doing relationally your hope is not tied to a circumstance your hope is fixed in jesus christ who never changes he is the hope of the world it moves quite into an evangelistic thought that he is the hope of the world he is our message that makes us a jesus church before we're an assembly of god church we're a jesus church You know, we're about the God of the assemblies. Thank God for the assemblies of God. We we believe in this movement of like-minded churches called the assemblies of God. But first and foremost, we are a Jesus church. We are a Jesus people. Our hope is in Jesus. Our strength comes from Jesus. Our power and our future potential is all about Jesus. Maybe you walked in here bogged down, stressed out over a current circumstance. Lift up your eyes. Put your eyes back on Jesus, the hope of today, tomorrow, and eternity. Learn that there's a better time coming because he's our hope. Tell you what, he's our hope. He's our leader. Think about all that he is. He's our teacher. He's our forgiver. He's our savior. He's our provider. He's our guide. He is everything. That's why our hope is in him, in him. Talk for a minute about the fact that the Word of God never changes. This is a powerful passage about the authority of Scripture that comes from Isaiah. Read it with me. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word of our God stands forever. Talks about grass and flowers, that which is so Temporary. That which changes and then goes to the Word of God that never changes, that stands forever. Technology changes. It changes every two years. The top five jobs right now, 2010, weren't in existence in 2004. They're using technology that we didn't have in 2004. In 2004, we had kids in universities being trained for jobs that didn't exist with technology we did not have. A physics major will enter as a freshman in this year, and in two years, the technology will have completely changed. It is changing so rapidly. Information changes. But the word of our Lord stands forever. Amen? Aren't you thankful for the word of God that never, ever Changes. Let's talk about his word. There's one book written by dozens of authors over hundreds of years, and that one book has been sold more broadly, read more widely, has invoked more scholarship and study, has influenced more people, has changed more lives than any book ever written. The Bible speaks to our existence. It speaks to us about God, about the great questions of life, of why are we here? What about the future? Who is God and what has he done by sending Jesus? It speaks to what's going to unfold as the time draws near to his return. There's no other book like the word of God. It's endlessly powerful. It has been used to open spiritually blind eyes, convicts of sin, produces repentance, promises comfort, offers guidance, changes lives like nothing else that has ever arrived in this world. It is our authority. It's what we turn to. I want to tell you, in human relationships, there will be a certain level of wisdom, but God is all-wise, all-powerful, all-knowing, and He has breathed His Word through the writers of Scripture, and His Word stands forever. Hallelujah. The Bible is the moral authority, and it will not change. It reminds us of that Which goes right along with it. The Bible never changes, but neither does human condition outside of the grace of God. This is a very important point, and Isaiah talked about it in the 40th chapter. Check this out with me. Read it. A voice said, shout. I asked, well, what should I shout? Shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. You see, the human condition is deteriorating. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That will never change apart from the grace of God. We will not come up with a new idea. There will not be an educational process that can lead to the changing of the human heart. In our greatest greatest wisdom and our greatest ideas that produce great things like the internet... We then take it, and one of the first things we do with it is turn porn into a multi-billion-dollar industry. We take our best ideas and pervert them. I want to tell you, man will not come up with an idea to change man's soul. The human condition, apart from Christ, will never change, which then leads me to my last thought. Therefore, the mission of the church will never change. Because the human condition will not and cannot change apart from Christ, the mission of the church will not change, which is to present Jesus Christ as the hope for the human heart. Let's read it together. This is from the book of Matthew. It's known as the Great Commission. Let's read it together. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. ...baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is the mission of the church. That is the reason we exist. And I want to ask, are we finished with that mission? Are we finished in this community... In the Tulsa region, there are no doubt hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So we exist, first and foremost, for those who are not part of us yet. We are an organization, and I I hesitate to use the word organization, but we are a gathering, a collection of people with a certain mission. And our mission, first and foremost, is for those who are still on the outside of the family of God. There's a responsibility within of discipleship, identifying of our gifts, getting involved in advancing the kingdom. But our first priority are for those who don't know that God stands arms wide open, heart extended to forgive and to set them on a path of a whole new life. That's why we exist. I pray we would never, ever forget our mission You see, this is what will lead to next Sunday's message. Our mission never changes. How we go about being effective with the mission does change. The strategy, the method, the schedule, that must change along the way in order for the mission to reach fuller potential. As we move into next week and we start talking about how we can change, adjust, modify as a faith family to be more effective. We need to start with that which never changes. If we're unclear on that which never changes, then we'll hold some things sacred that are nothing more than methods and strategies that are meant to along the way unfreeze and to be thought through and modified or completely changed so that the mission is hitting on all cylinders. We have many in this community that need to know that there is a father who loves them, arms wide open, as the father was in Luke 15, to welcome back his prodigal son. I saw something watching a baseball game that made this kind of come alive for me. I want to set up the story, and then you'll see it. A father who loves baseball took his family to a baseball game. It was his dream to one day catch a foul ball. And the time comes, he can take his family. Maybe you've seen this. When when this thing happened, it hit YouTube and millions of people have hit on it to, to watch it. Because it's just amazing. And it is quite a message. I want to show it to you. And let it bring us to a place of clarity about our Father God. Watch this. This guy hits a foul ball... And you'll see the rest of the story. There goes the foul ball. There's dad. He gets it, gives it to his little girl, and she throws it back on the field. He's waited all of his life. All of his life. He takes his family to the game. A guy hits a foul ball. He gets it and turns, and he hands it to his daughter, and then she turns and throws it back on the field. And you're going to see here in a moment, it dawns on her, she did something wrong. And you're going to watch as she turns back to dad, what is dad going to do? He looks at her and says, it's all right. How many people in this community need to know that there's a God? He's like a father with his arms wide open. See, they know that along the way, they've been given a gift. It's called life. But they've thrown it away in horrible choices. And as they turn to the father, will he be arms closed, finger pointed? Or will he embrace and say, I forgive you? How will people know that this is our God unless we tell them? That's the mission of the church. To let this community and this world know. That's the reason we have 14 people in Jamaica right now today from this church doing ministry. Because we want the world to know. That's the reason young people worked hard all over this weekend so that they could go in July to three different locations, nationally and in foreign countries to let people know that his arms are wide open and he's ready to embrace you and forgive you. That's the reason we exist here. And we've got to ask the hard questions of what can we do to get this message to our community in a clearer, more compelling way? What can we do with our schedule? What can we do with our ministry model? What can we do with our one and only life so that more people know that God isn't angry? God hasn't turned his back as though you've sinned away your day of grace. No, his arms are wide open. Whether you're 96 or nine. Whether you're 96 and you have years of ignoring the voice of God and doing life your own way, or nine, his arms are wide open. And if you will simply be desperate for him, you'll hear his voice say, I forgive you. I've been waiting for you to come home. I've longed to connect. I've longed to change your life. And that is the mission of the church. With your eyes closed in the presence of God, let me ask, as I did in the first service, do you know him? Is your concept of God one that shows you arms wide open, ready to receive you, welcome you home, pour his grace into your soul, change your life and give you a whole new opportunity and a fresh start is that your concept of God or is it that of closed arms and a God who who turns his back as though you've sinned away your day of opportunity I preach to you the God of scripture we see it from the old testament to the new all the way to the cross his arms wide open a love deep enough high enough wide enough to overcome The sin of your past and your present and your future. If today you would like to turn to God's embrace as the little girl did in the video, you'd like to hear with the ears of your heart the Lord say, You're forgiven. Fresh start. then in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. You may have said in church hundreds of times, or it may be your first time. You may have heard this message many times and feel like you can't respond now because of all the times you rejected it. Today is your day of salvation. Maybe you've never really heard the message clearly presented, and this is like brand new information it's like good news isn't it and you're ready to embrace it young and old alike from the front row all the way to the back from one side to the other are you ready to enter into the joy of salvation to have your life transformed to experience the greatest miracle that there will ever be the miracle of a changed life Say, Pastor Ron, that is my heart. That's my desire. I'm coming in to God's embrace of grace. Then right now, just lift your hand. Lift it quickly. Let me see it. Hold it up till I acknowledge it. God bless you. I see your hand. Thank you. Someone else? Praise the name of the Lord. God bless you. You can put your hand down. As you put your hand down, I want you to sense in your soul that God, like a great father, is embracing you, forgiving you. You would want to go over all you've done and one by one begin to say, I'm sorry for that, and I'm sorry. And he's like, I I know it. You don't have to rehearse it. I forgive you. Just like the father saw the little girl throw that gift away, he saw you throw away opportunity, time. The list goes on and on. But he embraces you. And he says, I forgive you. Be immersed in that grace of God. Be overwhelmed. Be changed. You will never be the same again. Grace that's greater than any sin you've ever committed your heart is changed your your name is written in the Lamb's book of life at your confession that you're a sinner and he's the savior and that you need him it's awesome it's happening in your soul God would have created this service if you were the only one to attend because he loves you that much With our eyes closed, I want to say to this this brother who raised his hand, the Phillies organization came back to that dad, gave him that baseball, signed by every team member, and it's like what was thrown away was recovered and was turned into a story that millions of people now have heard about. All of your brokenness and strife, your guilt, your shame, your bad choices, God forgives. And what the enemy was trying to trash, God brings it back around, turns it into a trophy. It's called a testimony. It's called a story. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. The nine-year-old didn't deserve it. The 96-year-old didn't deserve it. That's why it's called amazing grace. Unmerited favor. So your best days are in front of you. God, we rejoice in the salvation that has come. In the whole new life that begins today. It causes all of us to feel the fresh embrace causes all of us to remember the things we had thrown away and yet there's been a recovery, a rehabilitation a restoration out of the grace of God and we're making a difference with our story (laughs) thank you Jesus thank you Jesus